Hello everyone, my name is Josh and I'd like to welcome you to the Walk in the Light podcast and may God bless you all. Today I'd like to start with uh, what I think will ultimately be a fairly lengthy series called To the End of the Age. Uh, for the most part it'll be an end times or last day study. I'll be getting back into a more exegetical, exegetical form of study to lesson approach. Now this first one is about the rapture of the church. I know Mark and I have covered this in a, a little bit in a glorification lesson that we did a little little time back, but uh, I wanted to revisit some other aspects to the rapture specifically, not just the glorified bodies aspect, and then get into a bigger picture of not just the rapture, but how it plays into the last days and times as a whole. Now the main passage is uh, listed to be from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 through ver chapter 5, verse 11. But I plan to use uh, several passages to cover this topic. This first part, the rapture will likely split into two episodes, as I have a lot to cover on this topic. I certainly don't claim to be an expert on uh, end-time events or studies, uh, so I will do my best to deliver uh, accurate information um, and I tried to spend a lot of time in the study of this to make sure that that is true but if there's something I'm not 100% on I'll either not cover it or I will disclose uh, disclose it like how I usually do for a potential lack of credibility on my part uh, but first um, uh, I'd like to get into uh, prayer using uh, Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 3. God, we ask that you would grant all of us according to the riches of your glory. Uh, he may grant us to be strengthened with power through his spirit in our inner being so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him, who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. <clears throat> So, uh, for this study, I'd like to just uh, get us started by going through um, the, the reading like we uh, have in the past, and then we'll kind of go into uh, breaking down each episode um, a as a whole. So, um, so, we have here, but we do not want you to be uninformed brothers about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, 
with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night, while people are saying, There is peace and security, and then suddenly destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet of hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another, just as you are doing. <clears throat> so, we can really split these into two episodes. Chapter 4 uh, really is getting into the rapture uh, part of it, and then chapter 5 is getting into the, the Day of the Lord piece. Now, this is mainly about the rapture, but I felt it necessary to cover the aspects of the Day of the Lord as well, as it helps us look and keep track of the timeline of events as much as we possibly can. Uh, so, the first part here, again, it's uh, that we'll go through, uh, called kind of Episode 1, is uh, the First Thessalonians uh, Chapter 4, 13 through the end of the chapter here. Um, Again, as usual, we see Paul refer to them as brothers. Um, I always like to bring up this as knowing specifically who is being addressed, especially believers. Uh, this can alleviate a lot of interpretation issues that tend to come along when we aren't cautious of who is being addressed. Paul consistently addresses believers as brothers and no one else as brothers. So... Um, and then here we see our sleep. Uh, sleep in scripture is consistently used as a euphemism for death of the body. Uh, I must be clear for the few circles that seem to misunderstand this. This is not a spiritual death of a person, but a bodily death of a person. It is also consistent with referring to those who belong to Christ. Since sleep is referring to those that belong to Christ... We can also see that believers don't need to grieve the way someone uh, would for an unbeliever. Those in Christ have a hope that comes from the gospel. If we believe and have placed our trust in Christ, that trust that Christ died for our sins and rose again the third day, then we must also know that we as believers will also rise like Christ did. We hear, <clears throat> we see here that. Christ will himself ascend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. 
Unlike the day of the Lord, which is about judgment and wrath, and described as Christ returning with the armies of heaven, as is stated in Mark um, uh, 13, 26 through 27, uh, it says, And then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory, and then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. So we see here that when Christ is describing in his second coming, he's coming with an army. Um, we can also see a bit of this in Matthew 24, 30 through 31, which says, Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. And then uh, and then the other verse I had this, which I think really brings it together, is Revelation chapter 19, 13 through 15, which says, He is clothed, clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the word of God. And the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses, from his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron, and he will tread the winepress of fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. So we again we see here um, that Jesus is not alone, but he is coming um, uh, with an ar the armies of heaven in judgment and the wrath of God the Almighty, which is different than how he's described here. Um, so again, we, we see that Jesus is, um, in, in this particular passage in first Thessalonians chapter four, um, he's alone, maybe with an archangel, but definitely not an army being described here like he will when he comes, uh, in the judgment and wrath of God, the almighty, um, those in Christ or those asleep, <clears throat> will be the first to rise, then those in Christ alive will, uh, before the tribulation, will be caught up together in the clouds to meet Christ in the air, to always be with him. There's two important things here. One, again, Christ does not touch the earth here like he will on the day of the Lord. His second coming, um, instead, he only comes to the clouds and while in the air, calls the church to himself. Um, Second, uh, we see here caught up. Uh, this is also uh, uh, can be translated as snatched away or snatched up, the literal meaning or imagery here. Uh, when this passage and others like it are reviewed, there are important differences between it and Christ's second coming. Aside from Christ not touching the ground, like we said in the first part of this, there is never a mention of judgment or wrath or any anyone named with him. Some would say that the voice of the archangel, again, could mean that it's an angel like maybe Michael is present. But either way, the armies of heaven are not even remotely mentioned here, like in the second coming. And uh, so lastly for this episode one part, um, this is to be an encouragement to believers. The Thessalonians were to be encouraged about being snatched away to Christ avoiding the wrath and judgment of God on the world full of sin 
and on belief and we'll get uh we'll get more into that aspect in episode two here uh so episode two will be um first thessalonians chapter five one through eleven um <clears throat> paul starts chapter five with the now now is typically a shift or a change uh more specifically here a shift from the blessing of the church in the rapture being snatched away to the judgment and wrath of the unbelieving world. Uh, times and seasons here is much like in Acts chapter 1, 6 through 7. And we'll take a look at that real quick. Sorry, I jumped a little ahead of myself here. So Acts chapter 1, 6 through 7 says, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. Uh, it, the same root words are being used here. It is in question by the disciples of when the kingdom would be restored to Israel. Uh, it says uh, in in there, uh, um, again, the use of times and seasons to, uh, in reference to um, the uh, judgment of the world and the restoring of uh, Israel. It is good to note that the tribulation are referred to as Jacob's trouble as is seen in Jeremiah 30, 4 through 9, which says, These are the words that the Lord spoke concerning Israel and Judah. Thus says the Lord, We have heard a cry of panic, of terror, and no peace. Ask now and see, can a man bear a child? Why then do I see every man with his hands on his stomach like a woman in labor? Why has every face turned pale? Alas, the day is so great, there is none like it. It is a time of distress for Jacob, yet he shall be saved out of it. And it shall come to pass in that day, declares the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off your neck, and I will burst your bonds, and foreigners shall no more make a servant of him, but they shall serve the Lord their God and David their king, whom I will raise up for them. Uh, <clears throat> when referring to the uh, time, uh, this is referring to the time when Christ will return and uh, restore Israel. The church, or in the case of this passage, the Gentiles, are even mentioned in the seven-year tribulation period. Uh, the day of the Lord, again, judgment and wrath, will come like a thief in the night. The thief in the night reference here um, is used to describe uh, the end of the seven-year period, uh, the seven-year tribulation, as well as the end of the millennial kingdom, as uh, seen in Second Peter 3.10, which says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. And then also you can see it in um, Luke 12, Verse 39, which says, uh, uh, Jesus was saying here, But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left the house to be broken into. Uh, so this is preparing, um, or the lack of preparation for when um, 
the exact time will come when God will, uh, uh, when Christ will return in uh, judgment and wrath. Um, and then it's also extended. Uh, thief is also used in an extension uh, at, at the end of the millennial kingdom as well. So it, it's kind of used to describe both. Um, but it is never used to describe the rapture of the church. Um, then it goes on to speak about peace and security. One of the biggest indicators of an Old Testament false prophet was the promise of peace and security. You'd see that in uh, Hananiah. Um, uh, and yeah, just numerous other uh, false prophets. They always came along promising peace and security. Um, and then God would send a true prophet to uh, let them know that peace and security was not on the way. <laughs> um, but here it is no different. In the day of the Lord, there will uh, there will be neither for the uh, neither for the inhabitants of the world, um, neither peace or security. Uh, it's also interesting to look at verses like Luke um, seventeen. 22 through 31. I think I actually have this one since it's a longer one. Um, and he said to the disciples, the days are coming uh, when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man. And you will not see it. And they will say to you, look there or look here. Do not go out or follow them. For as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will the Son of Man be in, this, in his day. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation, just as it was in the days of Noah. So will it be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking and marrying and being given in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating and drinking buying and selling, planning and building. But on the day when Lot went out of Sodom, fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all, so will it be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, let the one who is on the housetop with his goods in the house not come down to take them away. And likewise, let the one who is in the field not turn back. Um, so again, we see here... Uh, how uh how people will be living as if um everything is fine and uh and they will uh feel a sense of, a false sense of peace and security um and they'll be doing things that would be considered normal uh even today um <clears throat> we also see in verse 3 the comparison to birth pains Uh, not only will the condition of the world get worse and worse before the rapture, but during the seven-year tribula tribulation period, the wrath and judgment of God will get worse and worse. And much like with Egypt in the time of Israel's captivity before God took them out, uh, but this will be the worst destruction seen and ever will be seen. The next few verses are describing light and day in contrast to the darkness and night. The darkness and night being those under the judgment and wrath of God in the day of the Lord. The children of light and day will not be subjected to the darkness or the day of the Lord, which makes a post-tribulation rapture even, uh, even more unlikely. 
Again, we see the thief reference in it as well, and the exclusion of the church or the children of light and day. Um, we see here sober-minded is commonly used as uh, being alert, uh, putting on the breastplate. Uh, we see here as well, here we see the call to put on the pieces of the armor of God, uh, just like in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verses 10 through 20, which says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So again, the breastplate is connected to righteousness. So the question in this sense is putting on, and, and is putting on as it is list, uh, stated in this passage, an indication to putting on Christ's righteousness because we, we know we don't have righteousness in and of ourselves. We needed Christ's righteousness. Um, faith here is usually in uh, trust of God's promises and truth. Uh, in the armor of God, it is the shield to protect us from things like temptation. Um, the helmet being, uh, being the hope of salvation. When all the pieces of salvation come together in glorified bodies and being eternally in the presence of Christ uh, with him. Uh, and then love here could be in obedience to God and his word. Either way, it rounds out Paul's comments in First. Uh, Corinthians chapter 13, 3, which speaks about faith, hope, and love abide. In verse 9, we see a big indicator for a pre-tribulation rapture. God did not destine us for wrath. Not only is the darkness reference for wrath in this passage, and, the, uh, and it also we can see the church's exclusion from it, but here we see the wrath of God in the day of the Lord was never intended for his church, but exclusively for those being destroyed in the day of the Lord. Instead, we're to obtain the fullness of salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And again, episode 2 kind of closes just like episode 1 did. This is to be an encouragement to the church for building up one another. So, in summary, um, I got 10 pieces that I kind of wanted to go over to bring this bring this together, um, and, and then some supporting verses in it. 
Um, so one, this was to be used as an encouragement uh, to encourage the Thessalonians that not only is our hope and blessing in being gathered to Christ, but to extinguish their fears that those who had died before the rapture had somehow missed out. I know there's some school of thought out there that, um, that said that what the Thessalonians in particular were worried about is that somehow um, those that had died would be only spiritual beings. They wouldn't receive glorified bodies and they'd just be secondhand citizens in heaven or something. Uh, and Paul's addressing that and being like, nope, um, <laughs> uh, the dead will be raised first and uh, we will all be gathered to Christ. Two, that those in Christ are children of light or day and are not destined to experience the day of the Lord and his wrath and judgment like those who are in darkness or night. <clears throat> that just like in the Old Testament, the false prophets promise peace and security, so it will also be promised by the Antichrist, uh, Antichrist, uh, not the Antichrist, but um, those referenced in other parts of Scripture, uh, in the seven-day uh, promised by the Antichrist in the seven-day year tribulation period, seven-year tribulation period. This matches Christ's warning in Matthew twenty-four twenty-three, which says, Then if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, even if possible, the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. So if they say to you, look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. If they say, look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be, be the coming of the Son of Man. So Antichrist referred to here is not the Antichrist, but instead those in the last days, especially the tribulation period, that will claim to be Christ, they will claim to be Christians, or claim to do signs and wonders, and may even perform things that would be considered a sign or a wonder, much like what Christ did in his time. Um, but in reality, they have no relationship to our Lord Jesus Christ. Number four... The uh, Thessalonians were told that they would suffer. So we see that uh, shortly before our uh, passage that we're covering here today, um, chapter 3, verses 3 through 4, and it says that no one be moved by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that we are destined for this. Uh, so again, we see destined here, but uh, we are destined to suffer in these times, but we aren't destined to face the wrath and judgment of God uh, in, the, in the day of the Lord. For when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction, just as it has come to pass and just as you know. Um, the Thessalonians uh, confused their experience of persecutions and suffering as the day of the Lord which likely points to false teachings already, already present in their communities. Number five, Christians were taught that they would be delivered from the wrath of God. So the Thessalonians grieved, thinking they were experiencing the day of the Lord, as well as their loved ones missing out uh, on the snatching away of the church or being caught up of the church. 
Number six, uh, we see John 14, verses 1 through 4. It says, um, uh, th th first of all, this is the closest reference in the gospel to the rapture. Um, it's pretty specific. It says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also, and you know the way to where I am going. It references the time from Christ's uh, ascending to heaven, preparing a place for his church, and then coming and gathering his church. There is no mention of wrath or judgment when he comes to gather the church. And the destination, very clear here, heaven. They have rooms in heaven. It is not the millennial kingdom. Number seven, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty one mentions the rapture as a mystery. It says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. A mystery in Scripture typically refers to something not previously revealed. Christ revealed much about his second coming, but the rapture referred to here is not only different than what is described in the second coming of Christ, but also speaks of the church receiving glorified bodies. Number eight, the church being caught up or snatched away is a very quick process. It also brings the question, is if the church is getting snatched away, if a post-tribulation rapture was to happen, then why would they be, why would they be snatched away to the clouds or the air to immediately come back down for Christ to bring in the millennial kingdom? Number nine, Revelation does not mention much of the church, especially in regards to who was to partake in the wrath of God. Though in Revelation 3.10, which says... Because you have kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. So again, though in Revelation 3.10 it is speaking to the church in Philadelphia, it is mentioned that the hour of trial is coming to the whole world, not the church. And number 10, lastly, the church will be gathered to meet the Lord, and that is where they will always be with the Lord. So, <clears throat> so in closing uh, of the rapture, part one, I'd like to just point out again, this is to be an encouragement to the church. Just like Christ rose from the dead, we also will be gathered up to Christ given glorified bodies, and live forever with Christ. This is our hope in our future, the final part of our salvation, again, receiving glorified bodies and being united permanently with Christ. As Christ died for our sins, he also rose from the grave to give us this future, forever with him. Um, so that is all that I, uh, that I have for you today. Um, Again, not only will this be a 
part of the bigger series to the end of the age. Uh, but this topic, the rapture, will have two parts, as there's more I want to cover within this topic. Some of the verses in this will also be used for the next one, but it will, main, it will be intended to bring the whole topic together. Um, so, as always, I'd like to ask if you have any prayer requests or praises, and or praises, you can send them to our email. It's walkinthelight at walkinthelightsp.com. Um, if you like what we're doing here and you want more daily doses of hope in scripture or just a, just a chat with us, uh, you can follow us at our other social media accounts. We have a Twitter at walkin underscore the light. Again, that's walkin underscore the light. We have a Facebook at walkinthelight. And we have an Instagram at walkinthelightsp. Again, that is walkinthelightsp. Um, I just want to thank you guys for uh, uh, listening today, and I hope it was a blessing to you. And uh, as always, I just uh, try to make these as accurate and truthful as possible um, and uh, try to use as much scripture to interpret scripture as I possibly can while also uh, packing as much information as possible. So I hope uh, hope that worked out and that uh, it was a blessing to you all. And uh, you guys just take care. Bye.